Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's Felicia, and I'm pretty excited about this interview today. I've been keeping a secret weapon in my back pocket for years, (laughs) (laughs) and that is Tessa Brown. (laughs) She is my best friend and also an artist, a, a painter who does amazing works representing womanhood and motherhood and feminine spirituality. And I I really like in any situation that I'm in in my life, I wish I had Tess there in my back pocket to, <laughs> to comment <laughs> and give me guidance. So bring her to you. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we've been, we've been debating what we want to talk about. Um, for the episode because most mornings we either have chats or voice memo each other, just thoughts, all the thoughts. And so you're just getting a nugget today of (laughs) the infinite conversations we have and hopefully we'll have Tess back again. Yes. Nugget is going to be hard. I'm not going to be short winded. (laughs) (laughs) We'll open one door and we'll go down it and we'll have to (laughs) do We'll have to dig our we'll way back see out. what happens. <laughs> okay, so Tess and I have been reading through a book called Women Who Run with the Wolves. It's by Clarissa Estes, and I hope I'm saying that right. But it's myths and stories of wild women archetypes, which sounds sort of fairy ish and it is, but Clarissa is a union is that the right way? To yeah, I never know how to say that, but I that mean, sounded good to me. Okay, thank you. Carl, Carl Jung, Jung. <laughs> yes, you, He's good job. Jung, yeah, she's an analyst um, of his kind of like theories and work. And she takes stories of women throughout like the ages of time and interprets them. And it's really a fascinating read if you're interested in that kind of stuff. But there's a passage in her book uh, that I read and it kind of speaks to and unpacks a lot of what, what Tess and I have been talking about recently. And so I'm just going to read it to you guys and we're going to dive into it. So in this tale, there's an old woman who holds like a rigid collective tradition on a younger girl in the story. Um, And in this tale, Clarissa says that 
this old woman is representative of behaving and not making waves in society, not thinking too hard, not getting big ideas, keeping a low profile, being a copy or a carbon copy of someone else in your same role, whether that be the role of a mother, the role of women in society. Um, this, this old woman also represents being nice, saying yes to everything, even though you don't want to. Um, and this feeling of compliance and being like the good mother is something that I've been wrestling with a lot. And I, Tess, I don't know, what is that, just that first part of the story bring up in your mind of stuff you've been wrestling with? Yeah, I think like, that's kind of the vibe of everything lately that I feel like I'm kind of trying to like summon all my courage to kind of say no to. And even just saying that I feel like could, you know, bristle like the, the old Tessa's feathers, you know, like, (laughs) Oh, what, you just have to say no to everything. But I mean more like, I think there's stages of saying no. And I think I'm kind of in that stage of saying no to, you know, all that expectation so that I can soon start saying yes to what is actually more true for me in the roles that I want. Right. And, you know, the rest of the paragraph I'm going to read offers like a roadmap, if you will, to authentically saying yes. But the, I think if you're like, wait, what, what are we talking about here? I just want to give some examples. Tess and I, and I think a lot of people who listen to our podcast, um, were, were conditioned culturally to look, act, think, say certain things, be certain kind of women. I think most women were conditioned in that way to be young and not wrinkly and, you know, perky boobed and be a good mom with kind of like the dinner ready and to be kind of self-sacrificing and not recognizing of our own needs. And that's just kind of the conversation we're wrestling with is if we're making this choice to be in motherhood, I guess, joy, joyously, how do we even do that if we know some of these expectations are are going against our integrity. Yes, that's it right there. (laughs) That's it. And it's a big question. I feel like there's so many, there's so many doors. And what you're saying is something we talk about a lot is a reclaiming of the selves that chose the path we're on. Do you feel like that has influenced how you see the choices that you've made yes and it's hard because you know you kind of have to I feel like I'm in that stage of finding right now you know the parts of me that said yes to something that I would have always said yes to like if let's say that the the good woman I picked up on was uh maybe like the CEO of a really big company and just like, you know, total like badass and just like, you know, doing everything like in the world more like in a masculine nature. Like if I had picked up on that, then would I have chosen that because I was just like, thought I was supposed Mm -hmm. to, or would I have actually 
still just, you know, chosen something more innate on the nurturing side of things. Like, I don't know, because that's not the world that I picked up on or Mm -hmm. grew up in. And so it's hard for me to know, like, what did I choose for others or not even for others? What did I choose based on wanting to be a good, a good version of, you know, like the story of a woman. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what did I choose? Because I, I love to take care of things and I love to create. And that's a lot of what motherhood is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. Like, I will look back and read like some of the practices that help me, I guess, parse it out is I'll go back and read my journals or even look at pictures of myself in those stages or um, like go into how my body felt, like kind of like try to remember how I felt. And I, I feel like those things help me realize what I, what I chose and what I was doing because of a role like do you have any practices that that help you find where you were in integrity and in decisions yeah exactly what you're saying I feel like I mean you know this better than anyone I'm so honestly like in this moment like this isn't at all like a oh yeah like I've kind of figured this out like this is exactly and it's honestly a painful moment because there are there are moments where I really do like almost mourn this part of me that I feel like never really even stood a chance to choose something different, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you have these children that like, I mean, I just adore my kids so much, obviously, and I am so grateful for them. But, you know, in, in a lot of relationships in your life, if you need a minute to say, hey, like, I gotta figure some stuff out, like, give me a minute, you know, I'll be back. <laughs> Like, yeah. you can't yeah. really do that with a three-year-old right. so it's like I'm just navigating this in real time and so it makes it really complicated but in my best moments of thinking about this I would say it looks a lot like what you just said where I I just kind of go back to the and I don't even think like going back to me as a child I feel like is even like more advanced than what I'm doing right now I feel like right now I'm going back to the me that chose like all those years ago, chose to get married at a very young age. And like, when I really go into that, that person that I obviously still am in so many ways, like, I'm really proud of her. Like, I'm really I like I see what she saw in the choice. I see that it was a choice. Maybe that's what it is. I see that she clearly saw other people choosing something different. And for whatever reason, the most true part of her at that time chose to get married at a young age chose to have babies at a young age and it pushed me into maybe an earlier stage of realizing wait a second does this match me which Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful to be in now and I think I wouldn't you know like you're gonna find your way of growing no matter what so if I had done something different I would be wrestling these probably same questions in a different way but you know, like, I really do feel like it was me who made all those choices, even though it's easier for me to kind of say, like, I just made all these because whatever, like society or whatever, you know, but no, really, when I think about it, that was me. And I was just learning. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, that's how life is. Yeah. It's interesting what you said about you can't like, it's that energy that I also being in in like the thick of this discovery feel 
most days where I'm like, I need to go somewhere without anybody else. And (laughs) be left completely alone, except for Tess, she can come. (laughs) And it's really like angsty feeling. So I guess I'm, I'm just reiterating the permission to anyone who's feeling that to feel it and know that that's not you like being a bad mother or that's not you failing or that's not you like it's it's a real it's a real place I think we need to go to be able to like we can't figure it out inside the situation just of repetitive mothering inside the role that we're trying to reclaim I guess we can't figure it out yes oh it's just like yes possible and you know what this really helped me as um like about a year ago I think I uh, um had like a personal like one-on-one uh talk with Bergen Hyde I think is her last name she's on Instagram as womb circle Mm -hmm. and um I kind of told her I think some of this was just starting like, I feel like a year ago is when I kind of was just starting to feel this kind of, yeah, itchy irritability, like, feeling with motherhood specifically. And, um, and I told her, you know, what I was feeling. And she said that this is just a natural part of the cycle. And that as you continue to navigate it, you know, you will get better and you'll recognize it. So it's like the irritability is just like a little like warning signal that says, hey, you need to essentially go back home to yourself. And that the problem is right now, it I feel like I could go back home to myself, which for me looks like going on a walk or painting or writing or, you know, like calling you or something. I could do that all day and I'm still going to go back to motherhood and feel that like little irritability a lot of times Mm. and that's the part that is frustrating but she said that eventually you know it won't be as much like that like you'll you'll start actually like maybe it's that we kind of for so many years as really young mothers you really are just that colander version of yourself where you're just like letting everything go out of you and giving, 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 and you're never really getting filled up, that it does take a few years of filling back up before you, you come back into your, you know, situation, your motherhood, your home, your job, whatever. And you feel like, I, I feel whole, I feel myself, you know? Yes, totally. Okay. So something you always tell me, and I think, I think you got this advice from somewhere else so tell me the source but you always uh say like what's the right question not we're not trying to find the answers to any of this because it doesn't it's not that definitive but like what's the right question to ask about like the dis- in the discovery process, where did you yeah did you read that somewhere, or did, is that like just a practice? That's in that's in Women Who Run with the Wolves. That's the oh, same okay. book, the same Clarissa the same book. Oh my gosh! Yes, so it's in the very first. I think it's the first story or one of the first ones. And she she says there's this girl who really wants to open a door, but she's scared of what she'll see, and mm-hmm. so then she finally gets the little key out and opens the door, and then she sees 
like all the corpses basically basically everything she was scared of seeing she sees yes. <laughs> and then she kind of has to have the courage to look at it and then Clarissa says the author says after that um that the keys for a woman's life are the right questions which I think is so important the right ones not just questions but the right questions and then like once you open the door it's going to be one of your most important moments in your life is to have the courage to look because if you look and you see and you see the things that you're scared of the things that are just feeling so uncomfortable and you have the courage to keep looking then that pretty much in itself will take you like will give you the action the energy to act on it you know the mm-hmm whatever you need the gumption is that a word (laughs) yeah I was gonna say you were yes I was good word that's good (laughs) the gumption to act on it and and she does she she you know she acts on what she sees and I feel like I can look back at my life and, and in really important moments when I was I was feeling that way of like I was feeling like something so deep was off going like in my life but I just like was kind of like going through it and being like, what, like, what is it? And maybe that was my question. Like, what is it? Like, what's going on? Like, what's wrong with me? And then all of a sudden the right question came into my mind and I asked it and I, and then I had the courage to see, and then it shifted like my life, not just like a tiny little thought. It shifted my life. And I've had that happen probably like two or three times. So it's not like it happens all the time, but the right question can really change everything. I think. Can you think of any of the questions off the top of your head just to give a taste? Yeah. So my first, the first time that I can remember it happening is I was in a, uh, I think I was in a, you know how it's kind of hard to know, but a postpartum depression after my second child and I didn't see myself as that. So I didn't really realize that's what was going on, but I was really just not feeling great. And I, he was probably like a year and a half. So it had been kind of going on for a while. And then um, I was listening to, I had just gotten into the podcast world and boy, was I loving it. Oh, it's <laughs> the best like when you have a baby. Like, it's like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> I just like going, going, going. So I just remember I was on a plane. I was holding my little baby. My toddler was sitting next to me and I was going home to visit my parents because we live far away. And, you know, like, can you think of a more like overwhelming time Two little babies basically on an airplane by yourself and like the one had just fallen asleep and the other one's like laying on me like munching on goldfish or whatever. And I just like remember so clearly the podcast I was listening to was Tim Ferriss, OG, the OG. OG (laughs) (laughs) And And he was interviewing this like cartoonist guy and, um, the cartoonist was saying that that he someone introduced him this idea of like if you write something down 15 times a day you will like that will come to you basically manifestation and he so then he said you know what I would say to someone if they wanted to do this is I would ask I would ask yourself if I could do anything in the world and know that I wouldn't fail what would I do Mm -hmm. and I just knew like right away like it's almost like the Sumant kid like longing like a woman needs to find her deepest longing I feel like it did that for me it was like I would paint I would paint and like sell my paintings and so then I just um 
I kept thinking about that question. And then I started writing down, I will be a painter. I think I wrote, I will be a famous painter. I Tessa will be a famous painter or something like 15 times a day, way before I even started painting. And then something happened that made me start painting. And then like I painted for like a year and started a business. And when I moved across the country to a new place, like two years later, um, one of the first people I met was like, Oh, what's your name? I said, Tessa. And, and she's like, Oh, like, tell me about yourself. And yada, da. I was like, I paint. And she's like, wait a second. Are you Tessa Lee Brown? Cause that's what my Instagram artist thing was. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I already follow you. And I bought your paintings and I have a bunch of friends in this state that know about you. And it's like, am I famous? Like really? No, I'm not famous at all. But like in that moment, it was totally like a a manifest for my own little way like someone knowing about me like that didn't live by me and like had bought my art like it was kind of just like the yeah you, you know so anyway that's like the outcome of the story but I do feel like those questions when they're the right questions they always come back around and I had to have a lot of courage to like start my painting business at that time so I don't know it's just like I feel like the right question when you have the courage to ask it and that one wasn't like maybe as scary to ask but there have been other ones that have been kind of scary to ask and when I ask it and I have the courage to look it always 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 makes my life better and the lives of like all the people around me better I feel like oh totally and I I think that often just as people we and this gets to the end of this um story in the book that I wanted to share, but we are trained not to ask the questions that even we might feel in our gut because they will ruffle the like culture or the family or whatever that we're in. And I feel like that even more so applies to women because generally they're not, they're taught a certain status quo and they're, they're not encouraged necessarily to be super brave in in pushing against that in their own ways. Um, let me just read the end of this and, and we're coming up on time. So I just want to get your take on, on this last little part, but so going back to Clarissa, she, she's saying that this old woman represents a lifeless value system that causes us to lose our soul. It causes a loss of our soul linking to our body and like our, our worth and our life. Um, and she says, regardless of collective affiliations or influences, our challenge in behalf of our wild soul and our creative spirit is to not merge with any collective, but to distinguish ourselves from those who surround us, building bridges back to them as we choose. And when I read that, it just in like, to sum it up in one word, it was like flashing, like freedom, freedom, (laughs) like (laughs) What's that? What's that Hafiz poem where it's like you gather the keys and hand them out to people? Like, yes, like a free woman will like duck under everything and be passing out keys to the caged. Yes, like that's what we we don't want to be caged. We don't want anybody else to be caged. And the only like just that part of after we distinguish ourselves, we can decide which bridges we will build back. We will decide which ones will be strong and well-traveled. And we will decide the situations, the circumstance, the people in our family, our neighborhood, the religious affiliation, whatever, that we aren't going to build a bridge back to 
And then she ends with the collectives we favor with our relationship will be those that offer the most support for our soul and our creative life. And I, I, my mind, I seriously, we had other things we're going to talk about on the podcast today, (laughs) but I called Tess and I'm like, we must unpack this because it's just, it's, it's really, it reminds me of when Glennon Doyle, Doyle in Untamed talks about like, I'm creating this life very creatively for my family and I'm being really brave and courageous and I get to decide who comes onto this little island. Yes. What, and, and where I cross back basically. And it's like that feeling, I don't think a lot of us like actually embody that permission because we do have all these like affiliations, influences, things that we feel owed to almost. And I don't know, it just feels like freedom if you think about it like that. Yes. Well, and you know, like, so that story I just said is kind of like more like just like a fun light version of what I'm talking about. And I guess like, honestly, it's like even vulnerable to say the question that I feel like I just barely asked with, with the help of you truthfully, like, that is for my moment right now is like, I kept saying in my mind, like going to all of the like, just sports and I don't know, just doing all the parts of motherhood that like I just feel like this is something like this isn't me like I kept saying that to you like I feel like is this my life like I kept asking that and then all of a sudden I said like I keep asking that question so obviously that question is important but it's not making me look at anything like it's not I don't see anything so then I just like shifted it innately basically when I was talking to you to maybe the question is do I want this life Mm. and that is a scary as like crap question to ask do I want this life like what happens if I open that door and I just am like whoa I actually really don't you know that's the question that pretty much no woman wants to ask I feel like really that's a big permission question to ask (laughs) oh so scary so scary and when I asked it I'm like honestly not really not not and that doesn't mean I don't want the people in my life but do I want this exact life no, there's a lot of things that I feel that are not, I'm not doing it the way that I'm meant to do it. And so, you know, then, then that kind of opening that door has given me the courage and the gumption to start having some conversations of how with my kids and with my husband of like, I, I think we need to maybe adjust in, in a few areas because, yes. you know, I'm not feeling very alive. <laughs> and yeah. And I love the gumption word when you have the gumption, the courage, like it's scary, but you can't, you can't build the bridge. It's like, unless you ask those questions, you're, you're going to just remain in either a resentful, like frustrated, not being yourself or numb or depressed or whatever. Um, or, you know, dissolute like just like uh disconnected almost and is which is scarier for me like I want to ask the questions it's scarier for me to think of living a life that I feel rage towards discontent numbed out like that's it it is scarier for think about it that way and even though the the conversations are like again to reiterate 
I feel like Tess and I are both feeling very in this moment. We don't, <laughs> we don't have the answers to this moment, but we do <laughs> have some questions. <laughs> like that's, that's the real thing of it right now for me. Like what conversations do I need to be having with myself, with my spouse, with my kids that free us all from the trap of that, like rage, discontent, resentful vibe. None of us want that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like as soon as I asked that question, I saw like to take that quote you just read, um, like I saw the bridges I was building, I guess, in a way. And like, I don't even know how to explain this. I feel like I'm not even on the island or I'm on the island and my family's not with me because I'm not even like, this is just pertaining to specifically motherhood. I feel like the motherhood island I've created, like nobody really wants to be on that. (laughs) And it's like, I'm trying to build bridges, but it's like, I want to get off the island. And my family are like, is like looking at the bridges. Like, I don't know if I really want to cross. That's a sketchy. Yeah. So it's like, it's all just kind of like, it's not real or something. And as soon as I asked that question, I feel like I saw maybe I saw the island so clearly too, like so clearly of what I want to build. And, and a big part of creating the life you want is that you can see it. And if you can't see it, then you can't create it. And it's really hard to imagine something that you really have never seen done before. Not because other people aren't doing it, but if they're doing it, they're doing it true to them. So that's not really the life you want either. So it's like, you really have to like ask that question. And then once you see it, and I just feel like when I saw it, basically every person in my family would fit so much better on that island. Like, like it's true to them too. Like, Oh, that's the life. Oh, that's our family. Like, and it was so clear. And so the conversations didn't look like me being like, basically I can't stand any of you right now. And I'm, (laughs) you know, it was more like, Hey guys, like, I feel like I can see something a lot better for us. And like, I think we should go there together. You know, that's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Well, it's you're giving them the permission to choose to build their own bridges creatively, not like forcing them or like keeping them prisoner on your island as well. And I think it's a, a lot of the times when we're so rigid in a role that is making us discontent. We end up trapping people on the Island of discontent with us. Totally. Yes. That's the, that's like you are by asking those questions, you, it might look messy. And I think a lot of times it does look messy on the outside when we're like deconstructing. And at least for me, I get in these cycles of like every other way looks so much easier. Like what the am I doing? (laughs) And, (laughs) and then it, but, but on the inside, it feels in integrity and well, here's what it is. It breathes in like that Eros energy into you. Like, it's like, it's, you said this the other day to me, because you were talking about some conversation that was kind of slightly uncomfortable. And you're like, here's the thing. I would rather be having that conversation than be living the life where we're not having it. And that's what it is. That's like, it's doing the hard thing, or it's like how we always talk about in like yoga or something that you just really love, like, 
you're doing the hard parts of it. And even though you know they're hard, they even like feel hard. It's like you still like love it and not in like a I love this it's like it's deeper I love you know? it's like no yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> it's like this is good for me like and you come away from it and it's like you know sometimes like you go out with your friends and you come back home and you're like oh my gosh like I feel worse right now and then you go out with other friends and you come home and you're like oh I feel so much more like me basically it's yeah. like it's like finding that in your life like looking more and more like when do I come back home and feel more like me or when do I feel like home at my home that's what I really need to figure out right now (laughs) oh my gosh um bam that's what we say when we're just sending a conversation (laughs) off into the universe because it just hit I just feel like that question at the end will give people a lot to chew on and we'll have, you know, we'll have Tess back. She's too good. If they chew on it and they find any answers and then they message you, can you uh, yeah. like send their answers my oh, way? <laughs> we're actually just asking all of you these questions. <laughs> you <don't know. laughs> so report back to us. <laughs> all right. Well, Thanks, Tess, for helping us find the magic. Okay, so fun. See ya. (laughs) (coughs) Me, 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 me. (laughs) Brown cows.